Hello and welcome to Communities Forward. I'm your host, Terrell Carter. Communities Forward seeks to share the stories and experiences of people who are making a positive impact within their communities and neighborhoods, especially in the St. Louis metropolitan area. The Communities Forward podcast is brought to you by RISE Community Development. You can learn more about RISE and how we participate in the process of helping neighborhoods and communities become healthier and more equitable at www.risestl.org, www.risestl.org. Today's podcast interview is with Michael D. Francis and Michael Bearhand Moran. Mr. Francis is a television and film producer, director, writer, and Michael Bearhand Moran is a business owner who has turned uh, a life circumstance into a new life adventure that he will talk about more in depth in the episode. Today's episode is part one of a two-part interview with Mr. Francis and Mr. Bearhands. They are the creators of a new television show called Bearhands Rescue, which is a live-action series that found its genesis in St. Louis, Missouri. And the show is currently available for streaming and viewing on multiple platforms, including Animal Planet and Discovery Plus. In Bearhands Rescue, Mr. Baran and his staff of experienced technicians spend their days rescuing and removing wildlife from people's homes and businesses. The interview, which again, this is the first part of two-parter, this interview explores both men's connections to St. Louis, how they are both working to bring opportunities and film to this region, and what it's like to see their project come to fruition after years of hard work and sacrifice. I hope that you enjoy the interview. Hello and welcome to Communities Forward. Uh, I have two interesting guests on the program today, and I say that uh, in a way that I've never intended before. We have Michael Francis and Mr. Michael Bearhands Baran. And do you mind if I call you Mr. Bearhands from now on for the rest of the conversation? Mr. Bearhands works perfectly. <laughs> Bearhands Baran, call me anything, I'll answer. I'll call you Mr. How about that? <laughs> All right. It's a pleasure to meet you uh, for the first time. And Mr. Francis, it's a pleasure to talk to you as well. Uh, the point of the Communities Forward podcast is to introduce our audience to people who are making a difference in their communities, who are making uh, positive impacts in people's lives. And you all are both doing that just in a very interesting and unique way. And I'll give each of you a moment to explain how you do that in general. But I want to start with you, Michael, uh, Mr. Francis. Uh, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. My name is Michael D. Francis. I am the owner of Michael D. Francis Presents, which is a development and a TV show development and packaging company, which basically means I find interesting people that do interesting things and create TV shows for and around them. And that's me in a nutshell. So how long have you been doing that? I've been doing development for about five years and I've been creating my company legitimately under my company, Michael D. Francis, for three years. And that's what the shows are starting to come out, at, out of now. So I know you. You and I are, are friends. Um, and we've been friends for a few years now. How did you get involved in the industry? Uh, I, I don't know how many of our listeners know much about the television or film industry, but how did you get involved in it in the first place? Well, I always wanted to be involved in TV and film. That was always the dream as a kid. Uh, so we came up doing all kinds of things, plays, tried to do some comedy, was a writer, 
had a long road. Uh, you know, parents always try to encourage their kids to do the right things and try to push them away from chasing things they see as unattainable. Uh, so I had a time of, you know, trying to be a upstanding adult, go get a real job. I did that. That didn't work out. I had to go back and try to make it in TV. <laughs> and so uh, I went out to L.A. They're like, I, I got to try to make it. I want to be a shoulda, woulda, coulda. So I went out to L.A. and just to try to see if I could make something happen. I ended up landing a job with Judge Judy. And uh, I've been working ever since. And now I have my own company creating my own TV shows. So can you, so you just said Judge Judy. Can you tell us about a few other, just a, even a list of what other shows have you worked on? And what is, what does it mean to be a producer or a writer? Well, some of the other shows that I've worked on, uh, I've worked on Survivor, Biggest Loser, America's Got Talent, Undercover High, Nellyville, uh, Unlocking the Truth. I uh, pr produced the first 48 uh, in multiple cities. And what it means to be a producer, in the producer side that I mainly function in is... I create something and then I put all the pieces together to try to pull it off and make it work. So a producer, when you look at the titles, could mean a lot of different things. And on different shows, they have different functions. Uh, with the show that we're going to be talking about mainly today, my function of that show was to create, package, and try to uh, get it on screen and bring Mr. Bare Hands to the world. I'm sorry. I wish our listeners could see the look on your face while you're describing all of that. Thank you, sir. Mr. Bearhands, uh, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Yep. Michael Baran, better known as Bearhands Baran, and I do have all 10 fingers. Um, I rescue people from wild animals and mostly barehanded. So how long have you been doing that? And you own your own company? I own a company called Wildlife Command Center, and that is the basis from, from which we, we rescue people from wild animals. Uh, I started the company back in 2010 and um, out of necessity, and we've been going strong ever since then. We oh, moved I'm sorry for interrupting you. What do you mean out of necessity? There, are there that many people that need to be rescued from wild animals? Well, it was a different kind of necessity, really. Um, I was the vice president of a construction company at the time, and the construction company went bankrupt unexpectedly. And so I needed something to, to you know, earn, provide for my family. So I, uh, <clears throat> I started catching animals, you know, and then I told my wife, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to be a trapper. So going from a six-figure income as a vice president of a, of a construction company to trapping animals, um, I'm pretty sure she threw a shoe at me or something. I, I can imagine she probably threw more than just a shoe at you. What, right. what gave right. you the inclination that this, how did you find out that this was something that needed to be done first off? And then number two, what made you think that you could be the person that could do this? Well, the way it really all started is um, I am a master falconer. And that means I train birds of prey to hunt. So I don't use a gun. I don't use a bow and arrow. I don't use a knife. 
I take these wild birds out into the woods. They follow me around. We hunt. And one of the things we hunt are squirrels. And so a lot of people were asking me, hey, could you bring your hawks and get these squirrels out of my attic? Well, hawks can't fly around in an attic, so that's not something that would work out. So I bought a few traps, and I would trap the squirrels out of the attic. Well, that was just kind of going on. And then when the construction company went bankrupt, I was kind of a little bit doing that. And I was like, you know, there's a there's an opportunity here. There's a there's a need. And so I I started with a few traps. I'd do a couple of jobs. I'd buy some more traps, do some more jobs. And then word of mouth started passing around. I got some yard signs, put them out. And before I know it, you know, I've got a route, basically, where I was trapping animals and removing animals from people's homes. Then I found out that they would pay me to do repairs to the home after the animals had damaged the home. And so I'm, I'm mechanically inclined. I was a vice president of a construction company, so that kind of all made sense. And um, I actually took a couple of the guys that were doing construction with them at the, at the construction company. And if the job was a little bit bigger than what I was capable of doing, I would put them on it and get them to do the repairs. And, you know, some of the repairs are fairly substantial. A raccoon can really tear up a lot of stuff on a house, you know, and, you know, one thing led to another and quickly we outgrew the city we started in, which was Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, in 2014, we moved the company to St. Louis, and that single decision was probably the best decision I ever made because we doubled in size every year from 14 to 15 to 16, 17 to 18, and then like we were literally doubling in size every year. And then in 19, we, uh, we didn't double, but we were close, and then in 20, we grew again, and 21, we're still growing. So uh, St. Louis has been really, really good for us. What What is, number one, I, I say this with no facetiousness or ridicule, I mean, that is in a, in, ingenious, innovative, whatever the correct word is, that is forward thinking to experience that kind of hardship uh, that multiple people in the industry have experienced, you know, whether it's COVID, whether it was the housing decline or the, the tech, you know, tech bubble burst or whatever it was, uh, to say, all right, what I have been doing is no longer working or I'm not even allowed to or able to do it. Let me figure out something else. But then to parlay that into not just a new venture, but also utilizing some of the skills that you already had. What do you, what is the reason why you think you continue to grow um, or that you've grown so, so, so quickly and for so long? Well, not to be cliche. However, I, you know, I, I never take a day off and I work, 12, 14 hours a day, but I never work. Like I'm never working. It, it never, I, it never feels like work. And so I think a lot of the success is I found something that I was passionate about where I could always be the hero and, and I don't ever get tired because I'm just always stimulated by who needs help next. And so because of that, inadvertently, I had incredible work ethic because I was just always on the hustle. You know, uh, but a lot of it is because it just doesn't feel like work. You know, it just feels like I'm doing something that's very enjoyable. I get a lot of gratification from it. And my customers just really love me. I mean, they literally treat me like a hero every day. So is your wife still throwing shoes at you? 
No, actually, my wife, um, we've been married for 21 years, and uh, she's starting to take a shine to this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I am so sorry for laughing so loud, but okay. <laughs> well, it's the truth. You know, she's um, she's fairly reserved. She's not a, a huge animal lover, and oh, my gosh, don't let a dog jump up on her. But the other night, Michael Francis saw her. She was out there at the premiere of the video of the show, and she was handling an alligator and passing it around. And, you know, she's only five foot and 110 pounds, maybe, you know, but she was all into it. You couldn't tell at the premiere that she wasn't the best or the biggest animal fan. Oh, wow. Thank you for sharing that. So how did you two make this connection where, um, this became an idea that, you know, you, you all considered was worthwhile trying to share with the world. You know, I think, I think Michael Francis tells this story pretty good. Well, the way I like to tell the story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Michael. So what the listeners don't understand is that you were once a stand-up comedian. So every time you start talking, all I can think about is you at a microphone kicking jokes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so I, w- I was speaking at an event about production and film and TV type stuff. And uh, after the event, um, Michael approached me to talk to me about possibly helping him with his uh, YouTube channel. He has a very great, very great YouTube channel. Everybody should go out and follow Wildlife Command Center on YouTube and subscribe, like, hit the bell, all that good stuff. Uh, but he wanted help with uh, doing a YouTube. And he was talking to me about all the stuff that he did. And I'm asking him, like, so what do you do? I'm trying to get a feel for it. And he starts telling me what he does and everything. And it all sounds fake. It's fake and phony. It's like, you know, like, and, and you know, he, he's interested in acting and that kind of stuff. We was at this thing. So, you know, it's like, oh, well, it's a guy, he, He's a salesman and he's saying all these things, but it can't be true. But I was like, let, let me ride along with you, you know, because, well, you know, like I, I check out anything. Uh, so I was like, uh, let me ride along with you and do it and just spend a day in the truck. And he was like, sure. He set up a day, told me when to come out. I came out. We got out kind of, I think it was early. We got out early. I rode around with him uh, for a whole day. You know, we was going in and out of people's houses and, taking care of different animals and issues and things like that. And I have to say, uh, bare hands, but rain is a real deal. You know, I was going around and I'm seeing what he's doing. And, you know, we having conversations as we going from call to call. And I was like, this is, this is real. Everything he said that didn't sound real is like, this is a real human being. You know, people meet him. They think he's, if you think he's putting on, no, that's a real dude right there. So after the end of the day, all I could say was, I don't want to do any YouTube videos, but we got a TV show. And then I like to say from there, the rest is history. So how long, you know, how long I'm sorry, go ahead, Mr. Bearhands. I was just going to say, you know, the, the rest is history, but Michael's being modest because Michael Francis crafted, you know, this, this, character bare hands brand from what he saw and then he presented it and you know he hustled a lot in los angeles found somebody that was interested 
And then he's he's been on top of it the whole time. You know, he's he's really, really a good producer and not just a producer in name, but he actually creates and crafts and follows up. So, you know, he's being modest, but the rest is history is because of him. Yeah, 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 Mr. Francis, your reputation is stellar. I mean, you obviously know it's good with me in general, and it's, it's obviously wonderful to hear someone else uh, share the same sentiment. Um, th- this conversation could take so many different directions, and I want to keep this kind of, kind of focused. How, how long did it take from you all meeting uh, to you all, like you, Mr. Francis, thinking like there's something more to this than just a guy riding around in a, in a truck? How long did the process take before you found someone who was interested in an idea and then everything else? And very briefly, uh, Mr. Brandhans, you mentioned the premiere. Uh, so uh, recently in St. Louis, there was a premiere of your show, which is uh, which is showing on what uh, platforms? So it's on Discovery Plus, streamable at any time you want to watch on Discovery Plus. But there's a it's. Distribution is growing all the time. Uh, you can watch it on Animal Planet, the regular cable programming on Animal Planet. You can watch it on the Animal Planet website directly on your computer. You can download the Animal Planet Go free app, Animal Planet Go, for Android or iPhone. And then there's there's a, a host of different places you can watch. The platform is spreading. Thank you. So what was the time frame from riding that truck with him that first day to figuring out we're, we're actually doing this and getting it done? Well, from the time that I'm, that I, uh, that we met at that event where we decided, you know, I was going to do the ride along. It was maybe, I think within that week I did the ride along, maybe that following week, I think I went out with them. Uh, so that happened real quick. And, you know, like I told you, by the end of that day, I knew what I felt like we had. Uh, so I knew right away. Uh, I generally can spot it real quick, you know, uh, either talent or opportunity or something that I think can really move. I, I know fairly quickly. Then from that, it's a matter of kind of putting the pieces together, figuring out how to make it work and putting the packages and all of that. And, you know, that can take a little time, depending on how fast everything kind of comes together. But that might have been a couple of months. And it's a big event that I wanted to go to and pitch. And that might have been roughly about a year at that point when I uh, for me to get somebody interested and want to come aboard and move it forward. And then from that point, that's when stuff starts to move slow, when uh, all the big companies and networks and all of that stuff get involved. And that is where it starts to drag a little bit. And from the point of somebody saying, hey, we want to do this and we do a deal and we go through all of the stuff that is entailed with that was probably about another year or so to get us to the point where we're at now. So total, it was probably at least two years, maybe a little bit more if I went back and actually looked at some actual dates. But this process with us has been, I say it's safe to say, at least uh, a two-year process to go from us meeting to getting something to actually air on TV. 
So this is a long-term commitment uh, of you all believing in each other, believing in this idea, and, and believing that you both had each other's best interests at heart. And I don't say that uh, being funny either. I mean, I, I recognize, uh, Michael, you and I obviously have worked together before um, in a similar situation that did not come to fruition as we both had hoped. Uh, but you both have laid a lot on the line uh, to get this done. Michael, you've used a, a couple of uh, words that I want to make sure that our listeners understand uh, what they mean. Uh, you use the word pitch, uh, which makes me remember that most of our listeners probably don't have any idea how a show is made. So what, when you say pitch, what does that mean? And, and give us some background on what it takes to not just find a, a person, a, an idea to do a show, but what does it take to get a show off the ground? And Mr. Barehands, after that, I want you to talk about the same thing from your perspective, if you don't mind. Well, what it takes to make a show, the making part is fairly simple because uh, it's, it's all ideas. Like I sit around, find things that interest me, and then I make up in my head what I'm going to do with it. That part's easy. All of us do that on some level or another. Uh, it's just a matter of people knowing enough about the business to know how to put things together that they will be able to actually go out and sell. Then that's where the skill, if you want to call it, comes in. And that's where the pitching comes in because you got to go out and pitch it to people who actually have the ability to either fund it or put it on air. So it can be an actual TV show or get to a point of, you know, generating some type of revenue, which is really all the networks and stuff care about is uh, how they're going to make some money. So it's a matter of figuring out how to pitch to those people, which basically present your ideas to them in a package that they accept them and want to join forces on those uh, projects. And that is really comes down to access knowing where you can go, who you can go, and have people who actually will listen to you or you got an open door to even get in front of. That's the uh, more difficult part is basically just building those relationships, which takes time, and knowing where to go find who it is that you need to talk to to make things uh, happen. Mr. Bearhands, you... Oh, 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 I'm sorry, go ahead. Real quick, what? And then on that, you, you touched on the uh, thing about it being a long-term commitment, uh, which it is, and some of them take longer than two years. There are some that do go faster. It's all about timing and just what is, is, is needed. But to that point of the commitment you uh, mentioned about us having each other's back and sticking with each other and believing with each other, I have to uh, commend uh, Mr. Bear Hands on that. And I'm very grateful because of it, because, you know, for us to take this ride and go through the ups and downs that we had to go through, you know, he had to believe that I could do what I said I could do. And through the whole time, he stuck with me on doing that. So I have to be thankful for one, for him to believe in me, because this show with all the uh, deals that I've had, this is a hurdle for me to get over because this is the first one that we've been able to get to air. Mm. So I give all respect 
to Mr. Bare Hands because forever we're gonna be tied in history, no matter what I do from here. Because, <laughs> right. because uh he is the one that rode with me that we got over that hump and is the biggest hump of my career so far. So I say thank you publicly to Mr. Bare Hands, <laughs> Michael Bare Hands Baran. Well, thank you. <laughs> Mr. Bare Hands, uh so this is, I mean, so I imagine there are probably a lot of people out there who dream about being a television star or, or whatever it is. And I'm not even uh, insinuating that you're doing this for fame. You clearly believe in it and have been doing it long before this even aired. Uh, but what how, what does it feel like? I mean, you have, again, changed industries, started your own company, have had a certain level of success. And now this, what does that mean? What does that, you know, how does that make you feel? Well, you know, every every time we hit a milestone, uh, me and Michael Francis both start looking at the next milestone. So it's like, you know, you you, you never really feel like you you finished the race. You always feel like you finished a leg of the marathon, you know, or a leg of the of the relay. And so, you know, right now, I'm 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 still in that stage where I'm looking at the next thing. You know, I'm looking at the next step we need to get to, and I'm I'm thinking about how to get there. And, I'm, and me and Michael, we talk every couple of days or so, you know, talk about what are we doing? How are we marketing? How are we reaching people? Are we doing enough? Are we not doing enough? What, what's going on, you know? Um, so we're always looking at the next goal. And so it really hasn't sunk in as, as success yet. However, if I was to stop and look back and, and look at everything that I've done and everything that we've accomplished together, certainly people do recognize that we've been very successful with with where we are where are we've set our goals we've met those goals and we've we've pushed through those goals and so from that perspective you know it does feel very good to be meeting these milestones and to meet to be meeting these goals and overcoming them um but i don't know i, I guess successful people busy people were ne- you never really rest on success, you're always looking at that next stage and that next level, and you're pushing yourself to get to that next goal. And that's that's where I'm at right now. This is your host, Terrell Carter, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Communities Forward. I highly recommend and request that you go check out Bare Hands Rescue on the multiple platforms that it's available uh, from Discovery Plus to Animal Planet and various other uh, places. Please check it out and I hope that you enjoy the show and check back again next week for the second part of my interview with Mr. Francis and Mr. Beckhands. Thank you.